Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of KCL's Keto Corner Podcast. On today's episode, I speak with my friend and client, Tammy. Um, she is on Instagram as My Keto Foodie Life. And we kind of dive into all things uh, client, coach. We also really dive into her alcohol-free journey. She is coming up on 120 days alcohol-free. We discuss how she didn't really have an addiction or a problem with alcohol, but just giving it up changing her habits and really focusing on her nutrition and all of the things and how it's impacted her weight loss journey. We've been working together for roughly 16 weeks. Um, By the time this episode comes out, it'll be closer to 20 weeks. But she has done phenomenal. She's lost close to 25 pounds. She has built muscle, lost body fat, and completely transformed her body composition. And she stayed consistent, dedicated, and trusted me throughout this whole process. And I just cannot thank her enough. Um, She's done a phenomenal job. And she shares all about her own journey on um, Instagram. She shares all tons of tips and tricks and um, her progress, and she's just such an inspiration in this keto community. So be sure to give her a follow, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, Tammy. How are you today? I'm great, Lauren. How are you? I am wonderful. I'm so excited to talk to you and get uh, your story out there. And for those listening, Tammy is uh, very near and dear to my heart. She has been a client of mine for, is this week 16, I believe? I think. Yes, it is. It's crazy to me that that's gone by that fast. Um, But Anyways, uh, without further ado, I want to introduce the people to you and kind of get your history out there, kind of, um, you know, if you've struggled with weight your li- your whole life or like kind of how you got started on a weight loss journey. Okay, sure. So for me, I know it probably started back in like high school time. That's when I kind of started noticing oh, you know, clothes aren't fitting. I need to see what I'm eating or track. And I remember having a notebook where I like literally wrote down every morsel of food I ate. And back then it was all about calories, you know. So I would track everything and I would lose, I would do well. And then as soon as I stopped, I would gain. And it was just a never ending roller coaster kind of my whole high school life. Um, And then I got things under control. When I got married, I married my high school sweetheart and we just got real comfortable with each other. You and and me both. (laughs) I went through the same thing. And I got married young. So I started that, you know, younger probably than most people do. But um, a, a year or so later, I got pregnant with our first child and, um, Unfortunately, I gained 85 pounds with her. (laughs) Um, I I had not that much weight. I gained 50 pounds with my son, but uh, it was a shocking experience. Yeah, it was like my body was changing for the bad quickly. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh my gosh, what is going on? But 
I don't know why I just felt like I could eat whatever I wanted um, because I was pregnant, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, had her and um, was just mortified when I left the hospital of how much I weighed and how am I going to get this weight off? So I worked out, I did Weight Watchers, again, counted points, did whatever I had to do and fought to, you know, get down to where I wanted to be. And I wasn't, I never got back down to like my pre-pregnancy weight. I think I had like 20 more pounds to lose, but I was feeling okay with that. I mean, I got like 65 pounds off, which for me, I was like, okay, now I can start to feel somewhat normal again. And then, um, kind of the same thing. It was just a roller coaster. I always put the weight back on if I'm not being consistent. I think that's the big key here is consistency for me is something that has to happen. Mm -hmm. So, um, then I had my son and I think I gained like 50 with him. So then again, here I was again, which is, you know, probably the most cases for us women out there. I mean, I always, my sister, no, she is the one that can put her pair of jeans on right after she has that baby. Oh gosh. (laughs) I bet that relationship. You're like, like, uh, really? I want to smack you. (laughs) Yes. Yes. But one thing I will say about my sister is she's always consistent. And so for her, that's probably why she's never been in the situation that I've been in. But anyway, that's a whole nother story. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, so then, um, I was doing pretty good. Like I got, I got most of the weight off just by, um, I was doing like low carb back then and higher protein and very little fat and I was doing pretty good, but I just never could get that like lean physique that I wanted to get. And so that's kind of when I started keto And I just fell in love with keto. Like keto was just like something that I feel like I could be consistent with for the rest of my life. It took the yo-yo away from me pretty much. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's got to be what drive, it's got to be a driving factor for most people. If you don't, if you feel like you're just on another diet or like you're constantly giving you yourself the opportunity to, you know, go back and forth, then it's not something that you're going to stick with forever. So Um, when exactly did you start keto? Well, let me back up for just a second because I forgot to mention one thing that's kind of important. Okay. So basically with me, when I was 35, so this was probably, oh, well, this was 10, 11 years ago. So I, one day I woke up and my whole left leg was completely swollen. My left foot, my left ankle, my left leg. I mean, it was horrible. And I was like, what is going on here? I mean, to wake up like that, like, it was just like crazy. And this so, was post, post both kids. Yes. Post both kids. And I was mortified. And at that time I was working out, I was eating good. I was at a healthy weight. I mean, I was probably where I am right now, like at my goal weight and I was feeling great and it had been years. And then this happened and it took about two months for the doctors to diagnose me, but I have primary lymphedema. So my lymphatic system on that left side of my body was born damaged. Um, I mean, I was, I was born with a damaged lymphatic system and you just don't usually realize it until your mid thirties when it finally says, I'm not going to work anymore for you. Wow. And so that was devastating to me because I was like, oh my gosh, all these 
thousands of shoes, not thousands of shoes, but you know what I mean? We love mm-hmm. shoes. As women. <laughs> I mean, I yes. couldn't wear them anymore. I mean, it was like my life literally changed. And by the end of the day, my ankle was so swollen. I wanted to put my feet up. And so I literally, I remember that day and getting the news and everything, but I basically went through some pretty deep depression over it. And what did I do? I stopped working out and I started eating everything that I thought would make me feel better. Mm -hmm. And I think I gained like 38 pounds within, I don't know, five months. Wow. Well, I mean, that's, I think that that is what most people do. I mean, we resort to food, we resort to comfort, we try to, you know, get something that makes us feel better. And for whatever reason, uh, the yummy sugar filled foods is what we resort to. I know I did that as well. Yeah. And you know, it just it was comfort. It was comforting. Mm -hmm. It kind of, you know, helped me out, I thought. And so then basically after that, it was just a yo-yo of dieting, losing the weight, gaining the weight, losing the weight. And then I got on FinFin, that drug, which I wish I would never have taken, and basically started eating nothing and losing all this weight and losing muscle and just was out of control. And then I started doing low carb, like without FinFin and just doing it like eating the foods and that kind of thing. And I lost weight, but then that's where I was talking about. I just never got that physique that I wanted. And I never got the satisfaction of feeling satisfied with my food. I was always hungry. I was always thinking about what is my next meal? When is my next meal? And that's just no way to live. Mm -mm. And so then that's when I found keto. I was on Instagram and I started seeing all these people talking about keto and eating butter and all these yummy things and avocado and and here I'm you know doing plain egg whites with no oil no butter you know nothing and I wanted in on that so I just started learning from everyone on IG and I love that channel I mean it's It's, amazing yeah no I know it's a it's a great community to have to support you and um, you know, there's tons of bad information out there, obviously. Uh, I'm sure the keto you do now was probably not the keto you did when you first started. Um, exactly, exactly. I know. I know that's how it was for me. I mean, I was, you know, uh, eating all of the fat bombs and all the keto treats and, um, you know, trying to ketofy everything. And it wasn't until I you know, realized that I was taking my triggers, my sugar triggers, transforming them into keto triggers. And then I was still in the same place. Sure, I was losing weight. Sure, I was seeing results. But like my food addiction, my food eating disorder, all of that was still there because um, I was still in the mindset that I could allow myself to have all of these things as long as it was keto. (laughs) Yes, yes. And I was the same way. Like I was, you know, losing weight in the beginning and everything was going great. And then basically it just, it was a huge stall for me and it was a very long time. And that is when, you know, after seeing you at KetoCon, which made my day when I got to give you a big hug, but, um, after seeing you there, did we get a picture? Did we? Yes, yes, we, we did. did. Okay, you have yep. to share that with me, please, because I don't I remember seeing it. Yes, I will. I will share it with you. I'll go back through my camera roll and get it over to you. But, <laughs> but I just remember after that day, I was like, I am signing up with her. Like, I'm gonna do this. Like, 
I knew I had one more trip in Florida planned, but I, I was just at the point where I was just tired of, I just was tired of not getting to where I wanted to go and to wake up every morning with regret and just be like, what am I doing wrong? You know, it's just, it's just not a good way to live. Like you want to feel like you're doing all the things right and you want to be rewarded for them, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it's encouraging for me to hear you as a client of mine say that because, you know, um, there's this movement out there on IG that's hashtag keto is free. And I don't oppose that at all. Keto is free. You don't have to pay a dime for cookbooks, for products, for coaching, for anything like that. But if you're in a place like where you are, where you're stuck, you're doing all the right things, you're not seeing the results that you want, reaching out for outside help and getting that that help that you need to maybe see a different perspective or to, um, you know, change things up or, you know, just being open-minded. That is so important for people to understand that it's okay because I feel like a lot of people don't reach out because they are either scared of judgment or scared to, or maybe prideful that they don't want that. They want the help, but they don't want to ask for it. They don't know how, and it maybe makes them weak for asking because they can't figure it out on their own, whatever the reason may be. Um, I think it's so important for people to hear from your perspective that you were doing all the things right. You were doing keto just as you thought that you should, but you weren't seeing the results. And so reaching out for help is something that I think is very, very brave. And um, obviously I can't thank you enough for allowing me to help you. But, um, you know, I know that I know this, but for the people listening, um, when you decided to sign up coaching with me, you also decided to give up something in your life. And what was that? Yes. And this is a big one for me. And I never thought this I'd be saying this, but um, it was alcohol. So for me, we went on a trip in Florida and um, we were there for a couple weeks and there was a lot of drinking and I was still eating keto. Um, I was doing all the right things, but there was just that alcohol. And I came back from that trip and I was up in weight, which I knew I would be because all the clothes were getting tighter and stuff like that. And I just made the decision on that trip, and actually I have it saved in my Instagram highlights under why alcohol free. And I basically tell the whole story of why alcohol free, but basically it was just, I'd had enough. And the longer I did keto, the more healthier I wanted to become. Like I wanted to be the healthiest version of myself that I could. And alcohol was the only thing that was holding me back. Now, um, for the people listening, you didn't have an like an alcohol problem. Like there is a, at least from my understanding. So, you know, there's people who like to drink because that's just recreational. I mean, just like any other thing, like you enjoyed having a glass of wine to wind down. You liked um, having a, you know, whatever to, to kind of, that was just a, a, another kind of comfort thing. I assume you never really had an alcohol addiction, correct? Correct. So the thing is, is while I was on that trip, I was listening to a lot of podcasts and reading a lot of blogs and stuff like that, because I was, I guess I was sober curious is what you could say. And I found out that there is actually a thing called a gray drinker. And I probably was a gray drinker. And that's when 
you don't really have a problem like you've hit rock bottom, but you're also not completely normal and functioning as a sober person probably would be, I guess. You know, I was kind of in between. And I just, I am not a one and done type of girl. I never have been. I probably never will be. Um, and I do well on regimens and plans. And alcohol was just one thing. Like if I, my intention was always like, I'm just going to have one glass of wine tonight. And it would always be more. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I had kids young. They're all out of the house. And so my husband and I, it's just become a habit. Like, let's have a glass of wine or two every night, you know, while we're cooking dinner. And it adds up. I mean, yeah. first of all, the calories are there. And then what do you eat after you've <laughs> had those two glasses of wine? Because my judgment yeah, goes right out the window. Yep. I think most people does. I mean, it. it's so easy when I drink to just be like, oh, well, it's fine, you know? Yes, yes. And, you know, I've had a lot of people ask me, like a lot of friends, and they've said, well, you didn't have a problem, did you? I mean, I get that all the time. And I think the biggest misconception out there is people think that if you quit, you must have had a problem. And right. that's just not the case. I mean, I think it's kind of a trend right now to actually be cutting out alcohol. I mean, I'm seeing it more and more and more. And really, I think we are just as humans are wanting to be healthier. You know, mm -hmm. we're, we're finding out things that our parents didn't know, you know, about our, our lives and our health. And um, it started out as an experiment and it's turned out to be, I'm just a couple days shy of a 120 days. So almost Which four months now. I just, I cannot express like how proud I am of you of this. Like people will not understand just how proud I am of you. I mean, it's just amazing to me that not only did you take control of the way that you were eating and trying to perfect that, but to give up something that you didn't have a problem with. You didn't, you know, you you knew it was kind of like a, a recreational thing, but you didn't have an issue or an addiction. But to give that up to better yourself, to better your health is so noble and so just, I mean, it's amazing to me. So like, well, I'm sure, I'm sure, you. I'm sure you get that like all the time because you post on Instagram, you have like a support group, I think, right. You, you lead a group of women, um, that are doing yes. the same thing. Yes. And Instagram will only let you have, I think 30 or 32 people or something like that in a group. So I actually have three different groups going on right now. And there are women that have been in that group with me since the beginning that have gone on trips that have gone to weddings that, I mean, we're all there for each other, supporting each other. And it's, it's awesome. I mean, I, I've never met these people in person, but we, I mean, we chat and we chat daily. And one of the groups, which I love is we say what we're thankful for every single day. And it's just a great way to start off your morning. And like I said, in the beginning, having the community and the support system, behind you is so powerful. You can literally do anything when you've got like-minded people supporting you and, um, and backing you. So, you know, throughout these almost 120 days of no alcohol, have you, you've obviously been to functions, you've actually been to like parties, things like that. How have you, 
um, dealt with or held strong during those times? Have you felt tempted? Okay, so I think when I was like maybe 20 days in, um, I had something to go to. It was like a dinner thing with a bunch of people and there would be wine everywhere. And wine is my favorite. (laughs) Anything else can be around and I could care less, but wine is my thing. So basically, um, it's all about mindset. And I learned that the alcohol experiment by Annie Grace is a great book to read, but I learned that from her. It's all about your mindset going in. If you're going to be positive about it, you're probably going to have a positive result. If you're negative about it, you're probably going to sabotage yourself. So what I would do is I would go into that event saying, I am going to have so much fun tonight, you know, being engaged with conversations and I'm going to feel great tomorrow and, you know, have a kick-ass workout tomorrow. And you just go into it with that mindset instead of saying, oh my gosh, I'm not going to have fun. I don't want to go. This is going to suck. I mean, that's probably going to make you want to drink when you get there as soon as you show up. So I've tried to have that mindset. And I really believe that that is something you have to have. Um, But I have recently just went to a wedding um, reception where there was alcohol everywhere. And I have learned, I just go right up to the bar and I say, give me a wine glass, no ice, sparkling water and two lime wedges, please. Uh They go, no problem. And then I just keep going up there and they just keep filling it. And so you're walking around with the wine glass and you feel like you're, you know, part of the party. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. Like you feel, I think a lot of people go to social events and feel like you have to drink or you have to partake to feel a part of it. But finding alternative routes and still feeling that way, I think we find that the pressure isn't so much from other people, but it's the pressure we feel within ourselves. Same goes for food, too. Like, I'm sure you have experienced this as well. Like, being at, like, we're, tomorrow is Thanksgiving. So, you know, being around people who are eating carbs and desserts and things like that, you maybe feel a little outside pressure, but really I feel like it's all internal and it's all internal and what, what we feel like we have to do to fit in. Yes. Yes, it is. And it's like in the beginning, people are like, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? And then now people are like, like how are you that, doing that? <laughs> yeah, and, and, and it was pretty cool because at that wedding reception, I had like probably at least, I don't know, seven people come up to me and they just said, I just want you to know, I am so proud of you. Congratulations. You look so much happier and you look great. And that, I mean, it almost just brought tears to my eyes because I do feel the best that probably I've ever felt in my life right now. And, you know, I would never have even experienced this if I wouldn't have at least tried yeah, you know, if, if you hadn't have had the courage to just do it. And... Yeah, yeah. And, and it, it, like, there were several attempts over the past, like, probably two years that I tried to do this. Um, so, you know, if someone tries and they fail the first time, I mean, sometimes each time you fail is just setting you up to succeed later on in life because you kind of learn from it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, for me, I wanted to do it mainly for weight loss. I mean, that was my major trigger for it. 
um, because I felt like that was holding me back. And I feel like, you know, when I was on that trip, I ate keto, but I drank more than I normally would at home. So I was like, it must have been the alcohol. So when I quit for the first 20 days, the scale did not move like very much. And I was like expecting, like, I don't know what I was expecting, like 30 pounds just to go away, I guess. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until like day 21 that really it started moving. So I know that there's a lot of people out there that have reached out to me that have said, Hey, I'm on day 14. The scale's not, you know, budging. And I tell them all, you have to do the 30 day experiment. You're not going to see the whole picture without doing it that way. And usually it's funny, but like all the people in my group that we're in, everyone started seeing the same thing around day 21. Mm -hmm. Something must just kind of like kick in with your body that you're not getting that stimulus anymore and it just kind of starts happening. Yeah, it was just, it was crazy to me. That's awesome. Yeah. So at, at this point, I know you're coming up on 120. Um, what are, what are your thoughts and your feelings on going forward? Are you, um, you know, planning to have a drink anytime soon? Or are you still just feeling very confident in how you're, how you're feeling right now? Well, what I wanted to do is I wanted to make it through the holidays at least. So, um, that is my plan is to get through the holidays. Um, but I really feel like this could be a lifelong thing for me, but that freaks me out to say that. <laughs> so I've learned through this whole thing, just like take it one day at a time, you know, don't yeah. put the pressure on oneself. Um, but I, I just, I don't want to go back to my old ways. Like I just, it's the craziest thing is, I mean, you probably wouldn't realize this, but there are so many positive things from not drinking. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like, I'm more present. I'm way more happier. And so much more productive. I mean, I'm getting things done that I wish I could have done years ago. And I mean, my skin looks better. My hair looks better. I don't have that puffy alcohol face, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Um, I'm confident. My sleep is amazing. Um, I mean, my husband calls me the energizer bunny. He says sometimes <laughs> it's kind of annoying because I just have so much energy now. And it's like, I enjoy at night. I enjoy my Topo Chico. I mean, we have a wine fridge at home that I took all the wine out and I stocked it. I mean, I think I bought Whole Foods out, but I, I stocked the whole thing with Topo Chico and I just have my drink every night in my wine glass. I read a really good book. Um, and then it's just the self care of it all. It's just, yeah. I don't know. I just don't know if I want to go back to the way it was before. And like I said, it's like, I'm a one and done type. I mean, I'm not a one and done type of person. So I don't know if I, you know, could just have one glass of wine here and there. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And I don't know right now. I just don't want to experiment with that, yep. but that could change. I think that, um, it's important just with any, any kind of, uh, thing that could trigger you is to really check in and know yourself and know like, okay, I know I'm not a one and done person. So if I have one glass of wine, it's probably going to lead to two. What does two lead to? Maybe three, maybe eating some things that I shouldn't eat and, and losing better judgment and all of those things. So the fact that you can um, acknowledge that and know that about yourself is so valuable. And um, 
it's important for people to understand that that kind of self-awareness doesn't happen overnight. It does not happen quickly. I mean, you have tried and failed and tried and failed. And just like you said, each time you failed is just another lesson in the next time that you try. And, you know, eventually you will see success. And I think that at this point, even if you were to make it through the holidays and have a drink, um, you've still succeeded because you've given it so long and you've you've been so consistent. And um, I think that, you know, you will have a level of self-awareness uh, to to kind of bring yourself back to center. Yes, yes. And the thing is, too, is there's a couple of ladies that are in my group and, you know, they've come on and they've said, you guys, you know, after 93 days or whatever, I drank last night. I'm so mad at myself. I woke up this morning. I didn't feel good. And, you know, I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. But I think sometimes doing that just makes you realize what you truly need and what you want. And the thing with me is, I would wake up, like, even though I didn't have a problem, I mean, I I hadn't hit rock bottom, I didn't really have a drinking problem. Like, I would wake up every single morning, wondering, like, why, why don't I have an on and off switch with alcohol? Like, why can't I just have one glass of wine? Like, what's wrong with me? Mm -hmm. Like, it made me feel weak. And it made me have like this regretful feeling. And that is not a good way to start your morning every day. And what I came to realize is, I mean, alcohol is addicting. It is. It's, it's, and, and, you know, food can be addicting. I mean, everything can be addicting. Mm-hmm. And if something is causing you like turmoil, then you're not going to experience the benefits unless you cut it out. So yeah. I'm glad I did it. I'm glad it stuck. Um, you know, I'm trying to help a couple of my friends that want to do it. And I've, I've told them all, like, now is not the time to really try to do this because you're just going to set yourself up to fail. I mean, come on. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's the holidays. Yeah. But but I am, you know, I'm here for, you know, them when they're ready to do it. And it's just, you have to want to do it. And I was at the point where I wanted to do it. And it wasn't cutting alcohol out that really had me lose the weight. It was part of it. It was like, it's like a trickle effect. It's like Mm -hmm. not drinking made me get to the gym and have better workouts, like made me not consume 600 calories in wine, made me not eat the cheese and the salami in my fridge after I drank the two or three glasses of wine. I mean, it's just, you, it just, it helps you in so many ways than just weight loss, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like a domino effect where you change a habit and everything else just kind of falls into place. And I've seen that firsthand with you working with you over the last 16 ish weeks. Um, you know, you gave up alcohol. You've been so consistent tracking your macros and tracking all of your food and putting in the work in the gym. And it's just every little step, you know, you have have made has paid off to get you the results that you wanted. Which is, which is awesome. And I'm just so grateful for the time I've worked with you. I've learned so much. And 
I'm glad that I finally was at the mindset to actually, you know, give this thing a hundred percent because I mean, obviously if you do the work and you do it right and you're committed, usually, you know, it works out for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the other thing is too, is with my lymphedema, um, I was going to ask you how that has been, if, if you've seen any improvement cutting out alcohol or like, you know, with your diet or anything, has that improved? It has so improved. Like, I mean, it is still, it is still swollen and it will always be, but it's not to the point where, um, like it's bothering me at the end of the day. I mean, it's, it's completely like so much better. And the groups that I follow about lymphedema, a lot of people have said, eliminating alcohol and um, eating a ketogenic diet is the key. And I think that's so interesting, but it, I can attest to it. It's, it's really helped. Yeah. And I think that that's one of the, I think that's a very important thing. You know, it's probably not the most comfortable thing for you to share about. I mean, I'm sure lymphedema is like, some people will say like, well, I've got type two diabetes or I've got this or I've got that. And they'll be embarrassed by sharing about it. But being open and sharing your experience and what has helped you, I think is so important. So others can benefit from it, you know? Yes, yes. And I agree. And every once in a while, when I do my, um, my scale, like, if I show I'm on a new low and I'm stepping on a scale, I mean, I get people that are like, I'm a little concerned about your left foot. Are you okay? <laughs> so, I mean, it's, you can still notice it, but yes. I mean, it's like, you know, if you have something like this, it's not something to be ashamed of. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. I mean, I should be grateful that I'm alive. I'm living. I still have legs. I can walk. I mean, but it is, it is really hard at, some points. And there are people that have extreme cases, like, I mean, to where they can't even put on a pair of jeans. Right. I mean, it's, it's sad. I wouldn't wish this on anyone. It's just, it is what it is. You know, we've all got things and I've just learned that eating, um, a whole bag of Doritos or a whole thing of chocolate chip cookies or a pizza is not going to make it better. It's might, only going to make it worse. Yeah. might make you feel better in the meantime, but as far as uh, getting better physically and actually feeling better physically, it's not going to get you where you want to be. So um, that's awesome. I'm so glad to hear that it's getting better. And um, obviously your alcohol challenge is just so inspiring. But I wanted to talk a little bit about kind of our time together and working together. And, um, you know, obviously you started out doing keto, how you thought it was you know, correct. And um, I'm sure like most people, you think that doing keto one way is kind of what fits for everybody. But in the couple weeks we've worked together, I think you've seen a different side of like how your body responds to, you know, certain intakes, certain macros, all of those things. So, um, you know, at this point, we've got you, I wouldn't say you were, um, you know, like, People, people, you hear people talk about higher protein keto and they freak out because they're like, it's going to turn into sugar. It's, you know, it's not keto if, if you're not eating between 75 and 80% fat. But at this point for you, we've found a pretty good balance as far as protein and fat go. And, and would you agree that you never imagined you'd be able to eat this much protein and still be losing weight? I totally agree. And I am just, that is, 
I was just telling my husband that last night. I'm like, I would never have pushed myself to this much protein ever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I love it. Like where I'm at right now, of course, I would love more fat too, wouldn't we all? But I, um, I'm enjoying it and it's working and my workouts have like, I mean, I'm getting gains in all the right places. And I, yes. I think it's from the extra protein, but I just think my body is responding well to it. But I would never, ever have had these be my macros if I hadn't signed up with you. <laughs> <laughs> and what's, what's cool is, um, you know, part of what I do is, is finding how keto works for the individual. And so, you know, your the way we've got your macros configured, the way we've tapered you down, and now we're, you know, we're reverse dieting you, we're tapering you up and kind of trying to um, see where your body is happy weight-wise. But finding how your body individually responds to a certain macro ratio um, is so important. And that's what I love is, is when people are consistent enough to follow macros to a T and then being able to adjust and seeing how the body responds is so amazing. And so, you know, for people who feel like it's, it's, you know, one way or no way, I think it's important to share that you got to do some experimenting to really figure out what works for you. Yes, yes. And the thing is, is back to kind of what you were saying is, you know, keto is free. Like I, it's, it's kind of like, you know, when you're in the, in the car with your husband and he is like, I don't need directions. And you're like, I want directions. And he's like, I don't need directions. And then (laughs) you're like driving around in circles and you never get to your destination. But if he would have just gotten directions, you would have been there way faster. Yes. (laughs) That's kind of how I feel about this whole process. Like, I feel like, you know, yeah, I mean, maybe a year from now, I could have figured out I needed more protein. But for me, I just wanted to get it done faster. And sometimes it's okay to ask for help. I mean, usually it is. Yeah, it's always okay. And um, even for me, like, People look at me and though I did not use a coach or any help and I figured it out all on my own, I lost 100 pounds on my own. At this point in my journey, um, you know, I've got someone doing my macros and I've got someone helping me for accountability because as a coach and you have all these clients that you are taking care of, a lot of times mentally it's just draining to think about what works for you and giving someone else the reins and, and seeing a different perspective is so freeing. So, you know, even as a coach, um, I've asked for help and I am not ashamed of it at all. So, uh, I think that this will be good for people to hear that it's okay to ask for help and that it's okay to, you know, it's okay not to know it all. And, um, you'll learn a lot along the way. And I just want to take a minute to kind of recognize your success. So since we've been working together, how much weight have you lost? I think, Right now, I think it's like 25 pounds, I mm-hmm. think. And you look phenomenal. I mean, I I compare your before and during. I say during because I, you know, we don't know what your after full after picture will look like. But uh, just the amount of body fat you've lost and the muscle you have gained. And that's a hard topic to to say is possible. A lot of people don't believe that you can gain muscle and lose fat at the same time, but your body composition has changed drastically. 
Yes, completely, completely. And like, I think this is the third time now I'm going to have to go down in a size in jeans. <laughs> and, 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 you know, jeans are not cheap. <laughs> no, no, it's a love hate relationship. Like I love to shop. I like new clothes, but I'm tired of spending the money. Yes, yes. But I do know, I think last month, I did my body fat at the gym and I was down like 8.6% in body fat. And I mean, I've noticed a big difference just in the last three weeks. So I can't wait. I'm going to wait until December 1st and then do it again. But I mean, I just, the muscles are popping out in places I haven't seen in years and it's awesome. I mean, it's just amazing. And I just can't thank you enough for your patience with me and how awesome you are because it's just been fantastic. Well, it's easy when you have a client that sticks to the plan and that trusts you and listens and, you know, it's, it's hard to give someone full, full reign and full, um, you know, power over, you know, pretty much your nutrition and, and your recommendations, but you've done so well and I'm just, I'm so proud of you, but Um, Thank you so much. Yes, of course. So at this point in your journey, we um, will talk a little bit about, so we, we were cutting you down in calories. Um, You didn't get, I mean, I think, you know, when you, you hear people dieting, they automatically want to go down to 1200 calories. And so when we started you out, were you surprised at how many calories you were taking in? Yes. And you know, one thing I will say is that I so appreciated with you is that you listened to me and me saying, I am coming home from Florida and starting this the next day. And you knew that what do people do on vacations is, yeah, they probably stick to keto, maybe, but they probably eat way more calories than what they normally would do. So I love the fact that you did start me higher because if you would have started me lower, I probably wouldn't be here today. Mm -hmm. I would have given up and and I just loved that. And I've never seen a coach do that before. And that was awesome. I mean, you have to, you have to think about it in terms of, you know, sure. The first couple of days you might feel a little hungry if you knock your calories down to like 1200, because that's whatever reason, the magical number that people seem to think that is going to get them results. But you're, you're going to be a little hungry. You're going to be a little angry, but it's all going to be worth it because, you know, you're going to get the weight loss. But if you drop your calories through the floor automatically and you have nowhere to taper from, I mean, in the the big picture aspect, the long-term game, I mean, we've been working together for 16 weeks and you've lost that much weight. If you drop your calories so low and then you have nowhere to go, you're going to be eating nothing and you're going to be miserable. You're going to want to binge. You're going to want to, you know, all those things. So it's been awesome to see you go from such a high calorie intake to really when we hit your floor calorie intake, it wasn't that low. It was nowhere near 1200 calories. I mean, no, no, you know, which we, was awesome. Yeah, we could have went even lower um, if we wanted to. But what's been really cool is to see how your body's responded to refeeds. Um, and for those listening, refeeds are 
pretty much when you get lower in calories and you kind of want to maintain your hunger hormones and your bodily hormones. So you do kind of what we call a fat refeed where you ingest more calories on a specific day um, and it's usually a higher fat percentage and it kind of restabilizes those hunger hormones. But um, tell me how, how you felt like after those refeed days. I mean, you you know, going into being a little bit lower calorie, um, you know, I would ask you how you were feeling. You would let me know like when you were really tired or really hungry. And then once you had that refeed, how did you feel? It was almost like night and day from the day before. It's like the energy came back and I just felt great. I felt satiated. I wasn't hungry. I wasn't hangry. Mm -hmm. It was was awesome. And And it worked, you know, and Again, if I wouldn't have had you as a coach, I would never have, you know, added how much fat we added. I mean, Mm -hmm. I just wouldn't have done it. I would have been like, oh my gosh, I can't go up, you know, that much in a day. I'm going to gain weight. And really, I mean, you know, I lost weight most times. Mm -hmm. You may, you may may have seen like an increase maybe a day or two after a refeed, but then you usually hit a new low within a couple days. Yes, correct. Correct. Which is exactly how the body should respond. And that was awesome to see. And then, you know, I love the fact when we got so low or the lowest we did get, you know, you said you are going to be hungry and I'm going to introduce you to this thing called keto jello. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I mean, literally, I love that stuff. Like I, if I go on a trip, like recently I went to Kansas city and I packed a cooler and I took that stuff with me. Like I had to have it. Yeah. And it's important to find those hunger hacks because, you know, if there's a level of dieting that is normal dieting. And I would say that we're kind of in between with you. You're normal dieting, but we're also doing a pretty strict cut. And then there's the level of like bodybuilding cut where you're getting ready for a show. And so, um, to have hunger hacks and things like that in your back pocket as leverage to fight off hunger is for sure important because it it saves you from grabbing a bag of nuts or, you know, something else uh, to fill that void. But, um, you know, these are all things that from from now until the time that we finish working together, going forward, you'll know and you'll have those tips in your back pocket and and it's all things that um, you wouldn't have you know known had you not have been brave enough to ask for help. So that's that's a huge um, you know, I commend you for reaching out and for taking control. Um, taking, taking it in your own hands and then just trusting me throughout the process. Uh, you've done beautifully. You've, you know, at this point now, uh, we're reverse dieting you. And for those listening, uh, reverse diet is pretty much when you hit your floor, when you hit the bottom number calories, uh, I never take my clients, you know, below 1300, much less these people at 1200, um, you know, when you hit your floor, that's kind of where your body's like, okay, I can't push any further. You try reverse dieting. And so we just started your reverse diet, I think, like two weeks ago. Yes, correct. And so you slowly start introducing a little bit, you know, more calories. I think we increased you maybe 50 or 100 calories the first week. And you ended up hitting a new low that week, I think. Yes, yes, (laughs) yes. When we increased calories. 
Yes, which was awesome. Yep. And so right now you're kind of maintaining. Uh, we've increased calories twice and you're maintaining kind of where you're at. And how is your energy? How are you feeling um, at this point? Everything's been great. Like I, I haven't, I mean, my sleep is still really good and my energy has been really good. Um, I'm focused. Like I haven't been hungry. I mean, obviously we're adding a little bit more, but I just feel really good. 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 And so going forward, um, you know, it's possible you could lose more weight. It's possible you could maintain, it's possible you could make, you could gain a little bit, but, uh, the, important part is to realize that you're at a sustainable like lifestyle point like you you've learned a couple things you've learned you know how your body responds to certain foods how to portion control all of those things and so what would you say is like your your goal you hit your goal weight that that was one of the things you had a weight you wanted to hit you hit that so like what is your goal going forward my goal going forward is to not gain any of this weight back for once in my life Mm -hmm. (laughs) especially going through the holiday season I think that that's usually when people uh you know gain weight and then they the first of the year comes and they're like oh crap like well Yes. And, you know, we all have like little mind games with ourselves. Like, you know, this is what always happens to me. Oh, well, I'm up five pounds. It's only five pounds. I can get five pounds off. I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to keep doing this for a couple more days. And then you get to 10 pounds. And then what happens is with me is then I get depressed about it. And as the scale goes up, it makes me just binge more. And then it's out of control. So that is one reason why when I hit my goal weight with you, I mean, I didn't have to re-sign up. I could just be like, all right, Lauren, thanks. It was great. Bye. But I didn't do that because this time around, I'm like, I need you for, Mm -hmm. you know, a couple more months. I need you to, you know, find out first of all, where my maintenance, you know, level is going to be calorie wise Mm -hmm. and to just keep me consistent and, and not be like, okay, I'm done. Now I can eat all the good things in the world. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, people people think once you hit your goal weight that you can either start eating more, um, you know, quickly and, and, oh, you've hit your weights, your goal weight. So everything should be fine. You shouldn't gain any weight back. But really, it's a process. And you kind of have to understand that, to get your body to a, a, a healthy caloric intake, eventually you will not have to track your food. Though, if you're anything like me, you'll want to track because you're you want to know. But like you know, you'll get to a point where we've hit your maintenance. You can go out to eat, not have to worry about tracking a meal. Your weight will still fluctuate a little bit, but you'll be at a point where you literally can just live and sustain and be happy. Yeah. And you know, when like way back in the days when I was successful on like Weight Watchers, let's just say, like I would do like Monday through Friday, I would like count points, whatever. And then on the weekends, I wouldn't. And so if you gained a couple pounds back, then you would just lose it back during the week. And like, it was nice to have the weekends off. You know what I mean? But it's like, still, you still have to like, you have to stay on course. You can't just be like, okay, I'm done. Cause I have been there, done that mm-hmm. way too many times and I am not going to do it again. Yes. 
Yeah, and that's a valuable lesson to learn. I mean, you know, it's it's one thing to to come to keto and to be like, oh, I'll do keto during the week and then not eat keto on the weekends. And that's just another yo-yo no, thing. Yeah, exactly. I yeah, I can't do that. Like I, no. I have really learned throughout this whole process that I feel better on keto. My lymphedema is better on keto. And like for me, I even have really, really, really watched like nutritional labels. Like I'm really picky about the ingredients, mm -hmm. um, you know, eating grass fed, um, wild, organic, like raw cheeses that mm -hmm. I shred myself. And I try to only do like one keto treat a day, like mm -hmm. one serving, like not two servings. Cause I have it in my macros, just one serving. And I think that makes a big difference. And then I kind of say like 10% of the time I might choose a food that's not the best for like, it might have something in it that's not great, but you know, you got to live your life. Exactly. I mean, you, you can't really control what a restaurant cooks their food in as far as oils go. You can't, you know, control like dressings and things like that when you eat out. But, um, I think that, you know, it, everyone doesn't start out keto realizing that there's going to be another level. You're going to level up to understand that it's not just about losing the weight and eating fatty foods and all that. It's also about the quality and what you're putting in your body and what causes inflammation and what, you know, the fact that the quality of your food does correlate weight loss results, but your quality of life. Absolutely. 100%. I totally agree with that. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of where I'm at at this point in my life. Obviously, I've, I'm trying to lose a little bit of weight. That's a personal goal for mine. I've, I've lost 100 pounds. I've, you know, gained that's... weight because of trying to gain muscle or hormone imbalance, all of those things. But one thing that I will never sacrifice and it, as long as I have control, because I eat 95% of my food, I cook it myself, I buy the ingredients, I buy quality, um, you know, but one thing that I think people really need to talk more about is the fact that your food quality does matter. And so I think you do a really good job of sharing that on your page. And you've got a quite a quite a good following on Instagram, don't you? Yes, I do. I do. And I, it just, every day I wake up, I still sometimes wonder how I got so many. <laughs> I mean, I just, um, I, I, I love it because it's like you said, it's just a great community and it, yeah. it keeps me accountable. And that's the awesome thing about this, you know, is accountability is, is key and consistency. And, you know, sometimes I wonder if I'd be where I am today without all these followers. And I'm so grateful for all the interaction that I get to have with all these amazing people on a daily basis. Well, and I think it's it's awesome that you're out there sharing good information. Um, you're sharing what works for you, what doesn't. You're a positive influence in the space and and a light to people who follow you. And um, and I've just I enjoy watching, and I've enjoyed working with you. And I'm just beyond proud of you know how far you've come. So. Well, thank uh, you. Thank you. And I can't wait until KetoCon when um, we can take another picture together. <laughs> I know. I'm so excited. 
I cannot wait. Um, but this has been a, a great podcast. I'm so excited to get this out and get people, um, you know, to hear your story, to hear what your your experiences have been. And I think a lot of people um, don't like to share about the whole alcohol thing. And so this is going to really bring a new light into that aspect of it. So I appreciate you sharing and being so open. But for those people who do want to follow you on Instagram and see all your awesomeness, where can people find you? Okay, so my Instagram name is at my keto foodie life. And I love that because <laughs> you're like, I'm not denying that I am like a foodie, but it's a, I'm a keto foodie. <laughs> yes, yes. Like I, you know, when you, when anyone tries to pick a name, it's so hard because a lot of times they're taken or whatever. And I'm like, I am a total foodie. Like I love food. And then I travel a lot too. So I was like, I want it to be about my life. So it's like I kind of just came up with that. So mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, well, you guys be sure if you're listening, give her a follow and check out all the awesomeness uh, that she shares. But thank you again so much for taking the time out to record with me today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I've enjoyed this. It's been it's been fun as always. You're so easy to talk to. <laughs> well, it's it's been great. So I will uh, I will talk to you soon. Okay, thanks, Lauren. Thank you. Woo!